Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Romans chapter 10, we're reading from verse number 1 through to verse number 13. If you have your Bibles, please read along with me. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend unto heaven. This is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss. This is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does he say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believe on him shall not be put to shame. Yes. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We see from this verse of scripture what Paul the Apostle is trying to establish here. He's talking about the alignment of the individual with the righteousness of God. In other words, there are two basic righteousnesses that have been described in the verse of the scripture that we read. There is a righteousness that is as a result of the works of men, and there's a righteousness that is based on the word of God, that is based on the faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, Paul the Apostle expressed a very deep desire. He said, Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. In other words, Paul expressed his desire that he wants the salvation of the nation of Israel. He expressed his desire, knowing that the Jews were his greatest opposition in, in ministry, he still wanted them to be saved. Knowing that they were the one that planned and orchestrated most of the difficulty that they faced in ministry, he still wanted them to be saved. Knowing that they were the ones who actually planned and they were obviously rooting for his death, he still continued to ask God for their salvation. So that's the first thing we see. In verse number two, he now tells them, Paul the Apostle now goes on to say, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. In other words, they love God. They desire to know God. They are zealous for the things of God. They are passionate about the things of God. But Paul now added a caveat. It is one thing for you to be passionate about the things of God. It's another thing for you to do it according to knowledge. Well, 
It is one thing for you to say, yes, I want to serve God. It's another thing for you to serve God based on the knowledge of the character and the personality and the, and the, and the ideas of the Almighty God. So Paul said, the zeal of the Jewish people at that time was not according to knowledge. In other words, Paul is saying, though the Jews have a lot of zeal, they have a lot of passion, they have a lot of desire. He said, but that desire is not according to the knowledge of God. It's not according to the character of God. It's not based on the understanding of the character of God. In other words, they were actually ignorant of the nature and the character and the righteousness of God, but they were very zealous for God. And then in verse number 3, Paul the Apostle now went on to tell us, and now went on to tell us in verse number 3, he said, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness... And seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. In other words, because the Jews at that time, they were ignorant of the nature and the character of God and the character and the righteousness of God because they were, they do not know anything about the righteousness of God. The Jews themselves established their own righteousness to cover for their own ignorance. They established their own form of, of righteousness so that they will not appear to other people as not knowing what God is. And because they established their own righteousness, the Bible said they were not able to submit to the righteousness of God that was made available unto them. They were not able to embrace the truths that God was trying to make available unto them. And in verse number four, Paul the apostle now therefore said, he said, because why were they, why were they not able to embrace the righteousness of God? Is because Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. He tried to educate them that your work will not save you. Your own ability to obey the laws of God is not what is going to give you salvation. He said, what will give you salvation is Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the reason is because Christ is the end of, of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, some people have interpreted this verse number 4 of Romans chapter 10 to mean that Christ has come to abolish the law. And in the process of abolishing the law, he now gave us the license to live as we please. And that's why they have what is called the hyper grace. Where people now believe that grace covers everything. When you misbehave, grace covers it. When you don't act correctly, grace covers it. But they are forgotten that what Paul the Apostle is talking about is not the abolition of the law, but the fulfillment of the law. What the Bible is saying there is that Christ is the goal. Christ is the aim. Christ is the culmination of what the law tries to accomplish. When you are talking about all the laws that were in the that were in the Ten Commandments, all the all the all the instruction that the prophet gave, everything was pointing towards the fulfillment of that thing in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul the Apostle was saying: that Christ is the fulfillment of the law. That Christ, that all that the law is trying to do was achieved in Christ. All that the law was trying to accomplish in us, all that the law was trying to produce in us, was produced, was already accomplished in Christ Jesus. And if you want to be in right standing with the law, with the law, with the Almighty God, it is not by trying to obey what has already been accomplished for us. It is by believing the one and accepting what he has done for, uh, accepting the one who has accomplished what God wants to accomplish in our life. It's by believing in Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was trying to tell them. And in verse number 5, truth of verse number 13, Paul attempted to differentiate for them the difference between the two righteousness that he's talking about. He was trying to differentiate between the righteousness that comes from the law and the righteousness that come through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in so doing, Paul paraphrased a verse of the scripture from Leviticus chapter 18. In verse number 5, Leviticus chapter 18, Paul the apostle...
paraphrase this in verse 5. He said, For Moses wrote unto a wrote about the righteousness of the law. The man who does this thing shall live by them. In other words, Paul is saying, the righteousness that come by law, the righteousness that come by that comes by you doing the things that the law prescribed. He said that that particular person who fulfill, who is who is looking for that kind of righteousness must continue in that particular obedience of the law. He must continue in the observance of the law. The reason is because the very minute you break one of the law, you have broken all of them. Because if you don't measure up to that particular law, you stand condemned. You stand condemned by that same law that you are trying to obey. And I'll give you an example in our current day so that it can begin to make sense to you. Many of us understand that there are different, different driving laws in this particular country and all over the world. There are different driving laws. There are laws that relate to the, how fast you can drive. There are laws that relate to the, meta, the mental condition of the driver. You cannot be under any kind of influence when you are driving. There are laws that tell you about the condition of your car. There's a law that talks about the registration of your car, about ownership of insurance, how many people you can carry in the car. There are so many laws like that. Now, if you violate just one law, say you violate, say that when you are driving at night, your tail light for some reason is broken. It doesn't matter whether you're a good driver. It doesn't matter whether your registration is good. It doesn't matter whether you are driving the speed limit. What you have done, you have broken driving law. Because the fact that you have a broken tailpipe, which is against the law, you cannot drive with a broken tailpipe. If you do that, no matter how good you know how to, no matter how good your driving is, no matter how well your papers are, no matter how beautiful your car is, you have broken the law and you stand being punished by the driving laws that are in that particular place. And that's what Paul the Apostle is trying to say. If you say you want to establish your righteousness by the law, you must make sure that every law that you know and that you don't know must be obeyed. Because if you fail one of them, it doesn't matter whether you whether you obey the rest of them. You are already a lawbreaker. And if you are the person that follows the Washington politics, you will notice that anytime there's an inquiry going on in Washington, people don't go to jail because they did something wrong. They normally go to jail for the things that they did not say, for the things that they misstated, or for the lie that they say. The point we are making is that, and as soon as you are convicted, you are as soon as you have been found guilty of a particular lie, you don't have to steal, you don't have to cheat in your taxes, you don't have to do all those things. You are already a convicted person. The point Paul is making is that basing your righteousness on the law is a very, very tedious work to do. It's a very, very unreliable way to be able to assert your righteousness. And that's why Paul is saying that anybody who will do that, anybody who wants to assert his, uh, his righteousness through the law, must be ready to obey everything. And the Lord God Almighty knows that it is impossible. And that is why in Israel at that time, people had to keep going over and over and doing sacrifices for their sin because they don't even know what they have broken. They don't know the laws that they have broken. And that's why Paul is saying, righteousness by the law is not a realistic thing. But by the time you get to verse number 6, Bible now tells us, Paul now introduced us to the second kind of righteousness. The first one wins the righteousness by the law. The second one is the righteousness by the finish, by faith in the finished work of Christ. Verse number 6 says, But the righteousness of faith... Speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend unto heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That, what, that is to bring Christ from, uh, from the dead. What Paul is trying to say here is this. The righteousness that comes from the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a righteousness that comes as a result of you being a super Christian. 
or being a super or attaining a very a, a high spiritual height. It is not a it's not a it's not a righteousness that comes as a result of you going to one particular holy pilgrimage. It is not a righteousness that comes because you debase yourself. No, it's a righteousness that comes by the faith that you have in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that righteousness is not what you did, it's what somebody else did for you. It is not the righteousness that comes because you were able to obey something. It was because you were able to appropriate something. It was not because of what you worked for. It was what is as a result of what you have been given. So Paul the Apostle made that clear distinction. Righteousness by work depends on you. Righteousness by faith depends on the Almighty God. And in verse 8, Paul now talks about how you are going to obtain that particular righteousness. He said, how do you obtain this righteousness? Verse number 8 now tells us, he said, but what does he say? He said, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In other words, that particular righteousness that we are talking about is not for a particular group of people. It's not segregated. It's not some mysterious thing. It's not a secret thing that you cannot know. Paul is saying to obtain the righteousness that God is talking about. For you to be properly aligned with the Almighty God, it's not a secret. It says right there in your mouth. It's right there in front of you. It is what you hear every day. It is the preaching of the Word of God that is exposed, that you are exposed to on a regular basis. And he said, then how do you take it and make it and put it into your life? Verse number 9. He said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, the road to salvation comes with believing in your heart. And it is in confessing with your mouth. In other words, something you must come to a conviction in your heart. Salvation means that you accept the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that you accept his atoning sacrifice. It means that you believe in his bodily resurrection. The finished work on the cross of Calvary. That's what Paul is saying. That the way you can be right with God. The way you can be properly aligned with God. The way you can begin to receive the righteousness that we're talking about is by number one, you believing it and you confessing it. It is not by what you do. It is what has been done for you. But you have to believe it and then you have to confess it. And then in verse number 10, Paul the Apostle now goes on to say, he said, he said for it is in the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it's a two-step process. Something has to happen inside your heart for your mouth to speak. That's why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Spirit of the Almighty God must have done something inside your heart, something inside your soul that will cause your mouth to speak out. Paul the Apostle is making us understand that salvation is by faith. It is not just what you say. It must be believed. It must become, you must have a conviction and that conviction must be expressed with the words of your mouth. Because if you don't believe it, you can say whatever you want to say. It doesn't change anything. And that's why a lot of people say, yes, I believe in God, I believe in God. But their action and their attitude completely says otherwise. Yes, I believe in God, we are following Jesus, but their attitude completely betrays what they say they believe. So Paul is saying, for the, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Everything that is talking about you being properly aligned with God, you being on the right side of God, he said it happens inside your heart. As soon as you have that particular thing happen inside your heart, then your mouth begins to reflect what is going on inside of you. And then in verse number 11 to verse number 13, the Bible now tells us, he said, for the scripture says, whosoever believe in him will not be put to shame. Verse number 12, for there is no distinction between the Jews and the Greeks. 
For the same Lord is over all and is rich to all who call upon him. Verse number 13. Whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now many people have been talking about inclusion. This is the ultimate inclusion. This is the ultimate inclusion. The Bible is talking about salvation. And in this particular club, in this particular salvation club, there is no group, there's no rich, there's no poor. There's no Greek, there are no Gentile. There is not for a selected few. The Lord opens it up to everybody. He said, whosoever call upon his name shall be saved. Which means it's open to all. Anyone who is interested can come in. And that is what Paul the Apostle was saying in verse number 13. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it. He did not add any other condition to it. He just says that when you call upon the name of the Lord, when you believe in your heart and you open your mouth and you confess him that he is the Lord and that he's the Savior and is the one that is the, that is the righteousness of the Almighty God, he said, you shall be saved. The question is, why is it important for Paul to go through all this? Why is it important for us to begin to enumerate all, this thing, all these verses one by one? The reason is because, number one, they high, it highlights our limitations as human beings. Paul the Apostle went through all this to be able to outline the difference between the righteousness that comes by law and the righteousness that comes by faith in Lord Jesus Christ because he's trying to tell us that you are limited as a person, I am limited as a person. If I try to do it by my own power, I am going to fail. If I try to obey the law, I will not be able to do it. And that's why he's trying to tell you, there is another way that has been made available. And that other way is the way of the cross by faith in the finished work of Christ. So why is it important, number two? It is important because it defines what righteousness is not. Righteousness is not the work that you do. Righteousness is not your ability to be able to do anything for God. Righteousness is not a function of your ability to obey the law, or to carry out the sacrifices, or to be holy, or to behave in a particular sanctimonious way. That is not righteousness. Paul the Apostle is trying to make us to understand that the work that you do, the sacrifices you offer, they will never guarantee your position in heaven. They will never guarantee anything for you. Your only guarantee is the work that Jesus Christ has accomplished. And the only way you can align yourself with that work is to believe it and then confess it. So he's saying it is important for you to realize, number one, you are limited. Number two, what righteousness is not. Number three, it is important for us because he's now saying it is not enough for you to know what righteousness is not. You must understand what righteousness is. And righteousness is for you to be properly aligned with the almighty God. You have to believe in the one that he has sent to, you know, to, to say. He's saying, this is the way that I want you, if you want to relate with me, if you want to enjoy my grace, if you want to enjoy my presence, you want to have access to my mercy, you want to have access to my, the treasures of heaven, obey that, believe in the one that I have sent. That's it. Because the Bible makes us to understand that the eyes of the Almighty God is so pure that it cannot behold iniquity. And the wages of sin is death. The only one who has paid the wages of sin is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's the perfect sacrifice. And the Lord is saying that if you want to understand what it means to be righteous, if you want to understand what it means to align with me, you need to come to the presence and you need to come to the foot of the cross and accept what Jesus has done for us. Say so that is it. 
And that is why Paul the Apostle was so, was emphatic, was emphasizing this very point. Because number one, he knows we are limited. Because number two, he knows that righteousness, what we are doing is not righteousness. But what we need to do is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And then number four, the the, the verses are very important for us, number four, because it outlines the way that we are supposed to take to get to that righteousness. And that way is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why these things are very important. Because what is the essence of coming to church? If you do not know that you're, if you, if you, if you depend on your walk, hoping to go to heaven. What is the essence of coming to church? If you are beginning, if you are, if your righteousness is your, is the righteousness of the law, not the righteousness of Christ. That means we are wasting our time. But Paul does not want us to waste our time. That's why he's defining this thing and making it very, very clear. And that is the reason, you know, and there's a reason why the verses of scriptures are very important is because they, you know, we are no longer, we have an excuse. You cannot stand before the Almighty God and say, I don't know. Because the Lord already outlined it in the scripture. He already told you that you can't do this by your own power. You can't do it by obeying the law. He already told you that your righteousness is like a filthy rag before me. He already told you that you're right. the only way you can be righteous, the only way you can be aligned with me is by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul wrote this thing down so that you no longer have an excuse. You can't say, I don't know. And many of us already know the popular saying that excuse, you know, ignorance is not an excuse for the law. So you are no longer, no one of us have any more excuses. The question is that if this is the reason and this part of salvation is so easy, the part of salvation is just to, it's so simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is why are people not doing it? Why are people not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? He's not asking you for anything. He's not asking you to go and kill any cow or do any kind of sacrifice. He's just saying, believe in me. That's all. Believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth. That's it. Why are people not doing it? Let me suggest to you that people are not doing it, number one, because they have a misunderstanding of the purpose of the law. They have a misunderstanding of the purpose of the Almighty, of the laws of the Almighty God. They believe that it is by doing that they can become. And that is why a lot of people try a lot. They put in a lot of effort to be able to impress other people, to impress the world, and even try to impress the Almighty God. You believe, most of us believe, that the only way to get to heaven is to be able to do some things so that we can show the Lord that we are serious. And that is a misunderstanding of the law because the law itself is limited. And that is why a lot of people are finding it very difficult to come into the presence of the Almighty God because they want to... Because they have a misunderstanding of the law. Number two is because many of us trust in the work of our hands. I believe I can do it. I don't need anybody to help me. I can serve the Lord. I can worship him. I know how to pray. I know how to fast. I know how to do all these things. We put a lot of emphasis on the work of our hand. We trust the work of our hand instead of the grace of God. Now please hear me clearly. I'm not saying it's not good for you to pray. I'm not saying it's not good for you to do some spiritual exercise. But if you depend on those spiritual exercise for the salvation of your soul, you have missed it. If you depend on your ability to pray, to get to heaven, you have missed it. Because Bible did not tell us that you are going to be saved by praying. It said you are going to be saved by faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your prayer... Your work in the house of God, your service in the community, your outreach to the poor, your giving to the homeless is as a result of the outflow of the love of God that you have experienced, not the basis of your salvation. Understand that very clearly. And many people are missing the boat of salvation because they are trusting in the work of their own hand. 
they believe I am good enough. I'm a nice guy. I can take care of stuff. I give to the poor. I do all these nice, beautiful things. And because of that, there's no need for me to repent. There's no need for me to do anything bad. There's no need for me to do, there's no need for me to come to the foot of the cross because I'm a good guy. And there are a lot of people who have now elevated good works. And that's why in our society right now, philanthropy has now been raised, has now been raised to another level. A person can be as terrible as anything as long as they're able to give millions to the poor. They have absorbed, they have, they have given absolution to all their sins and they believe that they are good people. I am not saying philanthropy is not good. Please don't misunderstand me. But I'm saying that if that is what you depend upon to be right with God, you have missed it. <laughs> Your philanthropy should be an outflow of the love of God that you have experienced. Not as a backdoor bribe to be able to get yourself into heaven. If you do that, you'll be surprised. The church will collect your money, but you will end up in the place you don't want to be. The point you are making is that many people are missing the boat of salvation. Number one, because they understand, they misunderstand the purpose of the laws of God. Number two, because they are, they are depending, they are trusting on the work of their own hand. Number three, because they want to be justified. They want to be justified by the things that they are doing. They want to be able to say yes. I did this. They want to be able to claim the glory for their salvation. They want to be able to say, yes, it is because I did this. It was because I'm a good guy. It was because I know how to obey the law. It was because I know how to pray. It was because I know how to... But the Bible says that no flesh shall glory in the presence of the Almighty God. It is not what you are able to do. It's not what you are... I keep telling... I tell people, say, if you pray and God does not answer, what are you going to do? Who are you going to arrest? What court are you going to go? Which Supreme Court justice will hear your case? If God say, okay, I don't want to listen to this guy. What are you going to do? It is the mercy of the Almighty God. That's what the Bible says. That is why we are not consumed. Many people miss this book because they want to prove that they can do it. They want to prove that they are righteous. They want to prove that they are holy. And when you are doing that, you find that you miss the grace of God. Number four, many of us are doing, many of us are missing the boat of salvation because we want to establish our own righteousness. You are not able to obey God, so you set up a new standard. You are not able to do something because of your own weakness or because of a particular characteristic that you have. You now begin to make excuses in the scripture and say that does not matter because of this one. God did not say you should not smoke because there's not where there's nowhere in the Bible that says God thou shalt not smoke, and therefore smoking is allowed. So we begin to carve out, we begin to make exceptions in the word of God because we want to create our own righteousness just because we are not able to fulfill the righteousness of God. And when you are not able to fulfill the righteousness of God and you are not willing to accept the righteousness of God, what will happen is that you start creating your own. In the process of creating your own, you miss out. Of the real thing that God is trying to offer you. So we see many people miss the boat of salvation. Because of the misunderstanding of the word of law of God. Because they trust in their own work. Because they want to justify themselves. Number four. Because they want to establish their own righteousness. And then number five. Because they refuse to submit. To the almighty God. Somebody once said that. And they accuse Christianity of being exclusive. They say why is it only one way. The man now said that if God made 1,000 ways, somebody is going to ask for 1,001. Okay? The man will always ask for what he does not have. Don't you find out that, find it very interesting that it is when you tell somebody you cannot do something, that is when they become interested in doing that same thing. Why? There is something inside of us that's always looking for that exotic. 
That's always looking for that exception. That is always trying to bend the rule. Some are trying to paint outside the colored line. The Lord Almighty has said, salvation is only by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And people have since from the very beginning tried to define it any other way. The point you are making is that when you refuse to submit to the word of God, when you refuse to submit to the laws of God, when you refuse to submit to the instruction of God, you create your own instruction. And by doing that, you alienate yourself. You, 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 you kind of exempt yourself from the grace of God. And that's what happened to a lot of people. It's not because the word of God is not clear. It's not because they don't understand what is required. It's not because the, re- the, the requirement of the Lord Almighty is tedious. We are, like we said, Jesus, Paul the Apostle wrote very clearly. He said, all you need is to believe and to confess. That's it. Believe and confess. That's all. But that one, a lot of people are challenging and they are questioning and they are debating it. The reason is because they do not want to submit on that. They want to claim the victory. They want to establish their own righteousness. They do not understand the laws of God. And as a result, they forfeit the right to be saved. Those of us who call ourselves Christian, those of us who are in the house of God, those of us who carry the Bible, those of us who are identified with Christ, what are we basing our salvation on? Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.